0: and God is working, and God is still doing miracles all the time. Today I'm going to be um, talking to you guys from Titus. So if you want to open up your Bibles, you can go to Titus chapter 3. I'll read from uh, verses 1 through 8 in Titus 3, verses 1 through 8. It says, Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work. They must not slander anyone, but be peaceable, gentle, showing complete courtesy to all people. For we too were once foolish, disobedient, misled, enslaved to various passions and desires, spending our lives in evil and envy, hateful and hating one another. But when the kindness of God, our Savior, and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us, not by works of righteousness that we have done, but on the basis of his mercy through the washing and the new birth and renewal of the Holy Spirit whom he poured out on us in full measure through Jesus Christ our Savior. And so, since we have been justified by his grace, we became heirs with confident expectations of eternal life. This saying is trustworthy and I want to insist on such truths so that those who have placed their faith in God may intend on engaging in good works. These things are good and beneficial for all people. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I just come before you now, and I just pray that you will just bring your spirit here. God, that you will open up our hearts to what you want to speak to us. I just pray that my words will come from you, God, that I will speak in love and truth, and Lord, I just pray that you will just bring a message to us to help us to see you and understand you more. In your name we pray, amen. So in preparing for this message and getting ready, um, it feels like a lot of things are going wrong. Um, We have technical difficulties with some stuff. Whenever I seem to be getting ready for a message, uh me and my wife seemed to get in some argument that week um which happened, and um things just seem to build up, and things seem to distract me from what what is going on, and things seem to take away from the message of Jesus and challenges in my own heart and I really felt that this week I really felt felt challenged and but sometimes I think that's a good thing I think that's that's me. Having to rise up and and trust in God and what He's doing. So uh, today I'm talking to you, like I said, from Titus chapter three. And the first part there, when I was when I was reading and thinking about what to do, it says, it says right away. It says, remind them, remind them. When Paul wrote this, he's writing it to his friend Titus, who's been in ministry with him, who has traveled around with him, who has done many things, and Titus is there. And he's preaching to the people. And he says, Titus, remind them. Remind them. Remind the fellow believers. Remind the Christians. Remind the people of this. And that's what I'm going to do today. Because it hit me. I, I need to remind you. I need to be reminded of what it says right here. It says remind them. Remind the people. Remind them to be subject to rulers of authority. To be obedient. Now, when I heard rulers of authority to be obedient, we all are under some kind of authority. We all are under, usually under some kind of, there's somebody above us in some way that we have to follow some rules and something. And I thought, right away, I thought of my my own little son, Luke. Okay, Um, some of you guys know Luke. He's very high energetic and he likes to push my boundaries. But he is under my authority as my child. And he has to listen, or he should listen, and I hope he listens, and I'm trying to train him to listen, to be obedient, to not just me, to other adults, to his teachers and different things like that. He is under their authority. And does he rebel against that? Yeah, sometimes he does. He pushes it. He sees what he can get away with. And we do the same thing, and I do the same thing. We do the same thing with our in our jobs, I think. Maybe some of us are perfect employees and we never disagree with our boss and we do exactly what they say and we follow the rules to the to the T. And we're underneath that authority and we do it with a joyful heart every time. Complete obedience without complaining. If you do, good job. If you don't, you're probably like most of us, I think. Okay, um, Being under the laws of authority. Our government. Do we always agree with our government and what's going on? i probably say safely say, no, we don't always agree what's going on in our government, in our high government of America, in our government in Minnesota, in our government just here in Bagley, in our school board. Do we agree with all that stuff? No, but we are to be subject to the rules of authority and to be obedient. And Paul knows who he's writing to here. Because the Christians of this time, the people that he's telling to be obedient, that was a hard thing to do because they were killing them. They were killing the Christians. They were torturing them. They were stoning them. And he's telling you need to be obedient to them. And that cannot be easy. There's other places in, in the New Testament where it says to be obedient. In Acts thirteen, one through seven it says it. In first Peter two, thirteen through seventeen. And then in Acts five, twenty nine it says, We must obey God. Rather than man, and perhaps suffer punishment from the government. You see, God knows and is telling the people to be obedient. But He's also telling them, above that, you need to be obedient to me, even if you suffer the consequences of death, even if you suffer the consequences of being stoned, even if you suffer the consequences of people persecuting you. You need to be obedient to me, even if the government is against me. In first in Peter two eleven through fifteen it says, "Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day He visits us. Submit yourself to the, for the Lord's sake, to every human authority, whether an empire, emperor, to a supreme authority, to a governor's." who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talks of foolish people. You see, God has has said throughout time in Jesus, that we are to be subject to authorities. And Paul is reminding them that they need to continue doing this, despite what's going on, and to be obedient. The next part says, and it says to be ready to do every good work. And when I thought of that, I went back to my father. Um, my dad works down in Pine Ridge that most of you know, and he's, he does missions work down there. My dad has a very big heart to serve people. He has a very big heart to serve the community, and he's willing to give lots of stuff in, of himself and his possessions and continue to do it. And from the time he moved down there, there's been one person I can think of that's been in my dad's life that's probably, I would say, is close to a, my dad is treated like a son. His name is Justin. Um, when he, my dad first met him, he was uh, very much in a gang gang activity, uh, drug and alcoholic young man. Um, he had had a couple kids by this point. And he came into my dad's program. Um, and I believe he came to know Christ. And he changed his life, and his life went a different direction for a little while. Then this this guy who had, had four kids, um, his wife got sick. And in the process, she got cancer and ended up, ended up dying. I think she was 27 years old. And Justin was the dad now of these four kids, and the kids went and stayed with her grandma or grandparents. And he went back, and he started Drinking again, another kind of the, the thing of his life, and I think over the past, I don't know, twelve years, ten years that my dad has known him and worked with this guy, I can safely say he's been in and out of jail at least six or seven times. He's been to at least three rehabilitation things in Colorado, North Carolina, and different places. Uh, my dad has went to bail him out of jail in Sioux Falls and in Rapid City and Pine Ridge multiple times in his life, and he has stolen from my dad i believe he's even punched my dad he's thrown my dad over a chair and table this guy's a big guy and my dad has always been there my dad continues and i don't get it he continues to go and help this man and he comes back to and he comes back to my dad and he asks for things and my dad gives him a place to live and he lets him stay there. And then he gets good for a while, and he does it. He's a good father to his kids, and his kids appreciate it. and He, he gets a job, and he does it. But then something happens in his life, and he goes back to alcohol. And then he gets in a fight. And then he gets in jail. And that's been the story of this guy's life. And right now, I think he's probably in jail or rehabilitating, I would say. I could safely say he's probably in one of those two places. But my dad continues to give to this person. And my dad continues to pour into this guy's life. It makes me feel safe about being his son if I did something wrong, right? He would still be there for me. But he continues to love this guy. And when I, th- when I just thought of that good deeds, when I started showing good deeds to people, I just thought of my dad in that situation and how much how much he keeps to do that. And we all know people in our lives, at least I hope we all know people in our lives, that we continue to love on despite the fact that they don't deserve it. Does this guy continue to deserve my dad's love? I would say no. There's maybe even been a time that I said, why do you do this? Why do you go bail him out of jail again? He's going to come back. He's going to come in your house and he's going to drink and he's going to get in jail and he's going to get in a fight. Why do you keep doing it? It's because of the love of Jesus Christ. Because God keeps loving us when we keep failing, when we keep falling short. And my dad would say it's because of that. I continue to love this guy because that's what God called me to do. So to show good deeds, it says, to remind them that that's how we are to be, how Christians are to be. Then it says they must not slander anyone. How many of you guys, when was the last time most of you guys walked around to high school? Okay, some of us yesterday, right? (laughs) Some of us, it's been a while, okay? How easy is it to slander? How many of you guys have walked around your work? or sat in a lunch, or go to go to Perkins and just sit in a booth and listen to the people around you? Are the talks that you hear from most people positive? Are they like, man, did you see Johnny the other day? He was such a good listener to the teacher. That was amazing. I wish we could be more like Johnny. We need to build him up. Or was it, man, did you see that person? Did you see how they held the door for that elderly person? Man, that is so cool how they did that. Is that what the talk's about? Or is it, man, did you hear what they did the other day? I can't believe that they slammed the door in that person's face. Did you hear the way they talked to the teacher? That is so cool. I can't believe she said that to the teacher. It's, it's usually tearing people down. It's usually negative things and negative things. Or did you hear about this in our government, what our government did? Or did you hear about what's happening over here? And it's usually not positive talk. It's usually slander. It's usually putting people down. It's usually not good. And God tells us not to do that. God calls us not to slander those around us. And you know how hard that is? To walk out of a conversation when they're talking negatively about somebody or to say, hey, let's not talk that way. We don't need to put that person down. It's a hard thing to do because it usually makes the the conversation go quiet and then it gets awkward. And then they don't know what to talk about. Then they go to the weather and complain about that. But no, we are to not slander one another and put each other down. We are to build each other up and to encourage one another. So not slander anybody. To be peaceable. To be a peacemaker. To be gentle. Showing complete courtesy to all people. Even to the people that it's hard to be that way with. Even to the people that don't agree with where we're at. Even to the people that walk in a different group and they don't... They seem to always push your buttons. We're to be kind to those people, to love those people. And it says remind them of that. And then in verse 3, it goes back. And it says, says, "For for we too were once foolish, disobedient, misled, enslaved by various passions and desires. Spending our lives in envy, in evil, and in envy. How many of us have passions for different things? Probably most of us. Okay, I'm very passionate about certain things. I am very passionate about my sports. I love sports. If anybody's around me very long or for an hour, there's probably going to be a sports conversation thrown in there somewhere. I enjoy playing sports, enjoy watching sports. And they can be good. I think sports are very good for for kids and very good for adults because they teach very good things but they can also be very distracting they can become a god they can become an idol they can become everything that we're about and i fall into that trap occasionally sometimes that's all i think about sometimes i'm like hey we got a good monday night this game this night and i'm planning my whole day towards that or hey got the ncaa tournament coming up and i'm thinking all about that and it becomes and it overtakes me and it becomes more passionate and i'm more about that than i am about other things and i forget about the more important things in my life like my family or like my wife or my kids or my job or whatever else i can become overly passionate about those things and i think that happens to all of us in lots of different ways we can become overly passionate about good things that then all of a sudden don't become good they become a distraction And they become a desire and a passion that's not good, that enslaves us. Spending our lives in evil and envy, hateful and hating one another. When I read that, I've I've been trying to memorize some verses and working through that. And Matthew 5 came to mind. So if you guys want to open up to Matthew 5. We all think evil things and hateful things, well we all don't. But in Matthew it talks about it. It talks about how, how our hearts and how our things can go evil. How many of us have said "I could care less about that person. I don't want anything to do that with anything with that person. I could care less about what happens to that person. Okay? I don't want anything to do with that person. That's not a good thought to have. That's not from God. In Matthew 5, and verse 21, starting at verse 21, it talks a little bit about it. It says, You have heard that it was said to an older generation, Do not murder, and whoever murders will be subject to judgment. But I say to you that anyone who is angry with a brother will be subject to judgment. And whoever insults a brother will be brought before the council. And whoever says, Fool, will be sent before the fiery hell. So then if you bring your gifts to the altar and there you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gifts there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother and then come and present your gifts. That's a hard thing to do. It's a hard thing to do to humble yourself because you know you've wronged somebody. It's a hard thing to humble yourself and go to a brother and say, you know what? I've done something wrong. I feel like I've done something wrong, and I need to seek your forgiveness. I need to make things right between me and you, and I'm sorry for whatever that I, I, whatever I've done. Because in doing so, you have to humble yourself, and you have to admit you did something wrong. And for a lot of us, that's a hard thing to do. To walk before somebody and say I'm wrong. But God tells us to do it right here in Matthew. If we have something, if we've said something and hurt somebody. And this is what we were. And then in verse 4, it goes on and it says, But when the kindness of God, our Savior, and His love for mankind appeared, He saved us, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but by the basis of His mercy through the washing renewal and re- renewal of the Holy Spirit. You see, Paul wants us to remind us that when we are with Jesus, that when we are following him and we are being, when we are with him, we are to be different. We are not to remain in our old selves. We are not to remain hateful. We are not to slander one another. We are not to live with idols. We are not to spend time in our lives with evil or envy and hateful in our heart and hating one another. He says to remind them to be obedient. And it's not us that are going to do this. It's not us that's going to be obedient. It's not us that's going to be kind. It's not us that is going to do every good work. It's Jesus working in us. It's Jesus who's changed us, who we were, this old person, and he's made us anew. And it says to remind them that it's because of Jesus that we can do this. In verse 6, whom he poured out on us in full measure through Jesus Christ our Savior. And so since we have been justified by grace, we became heirs with a confident expectation of eternal life. This saying is trustworthy. And I want you to insist on such truths so that those who have placed their faith in God may may be intent on engaging in good works. These things are good and beneficial for mankind. You see, when we take on what Jesus Christ made us anew, when we take on this new characteristics, it is good for mankind. It is good for you. It is good for your family. It is good for your your wife and your kids and those in your workplace, your coworkers, and those around you. When we are living for Christ, when we are being peaceful, gentle, and showing compassion to others, you know what? Jesus is being made known. You are being a light for him in the community. You are being a light for him where he's placed you. You are being his, his workman, and this is good. But you tell, but you think about it, and you come back and you say, Tim, this is all good, but you don't know what people have done to me. You don't know how my coworkers treat me. You don't know how the my family and my parents used to treat me. You know, I they're what they did is unforgivable. What they did, yeah, that's that just can't be done. I just can't do that. I can't be go and reconcile myself before them. And you know what? It's gonna. It may be hard. It may be something that you've worked on. And I would encourage you to start just praying about it. Number one, praying about whatever it is, whatever person. That may have hurt you. Whatever person you may be dealing with, start praying for that person and yourself and your own heart. Maybe you can't go talk to them. Maybe it is. Maybe they've done some really awful things. But start with prayer. Start with talking to God. Have God start working on your heart and their heart, and start working towards it. I found a story about a a man that uh, was a slave trader. I can find my piece of paper here, and he wrote a pretty popular song anyways he uh he had a saying above his door that came from sorry. That came from uh Deuteronomy fifteen fifteen. It says, Thou shalt remember that thou hast a bondsman in the land of Egypt, and the Lord thy God redeemed. You see, this guy's name was uh John Newton. And by God's grace he became a preacher and a believer, and he wrote hymns, and it changed his life, and he remembers what he was before. He became a Christian. And he always wanted to remember what he was before. Because if we don't remember what we were before, we become a Christian. Before God changed us, we can go back and we can slip back into those things. And we can slip back into those those behaviors that we don't want in our lives. So Paul wanted to just remind the people. And I want to remind you to remember who it is that we serve, who it is and who we were and who we are supposed to be. And God made us anew. He made us to be different from this world. We are no longer in this world. We no longer have to follow the way of this world. But it is him who wants to cha- who has changed us and made us different. So I challenge you to be that. I challenge you to be different to the people around you, to not slander them, to not put people down, to not partake in the evil things of this world, to to be good, to be peacemakers. As it says in verse 1, to be subject to rulers of authority, to be obedient, to be ready to do every good work. They must not slander anyone, to be peaceable, gentle, and showing complete courtesy to all people. So this is my prayer and my challenge to you, and to remind you that as believers, we are to be different and we are to be have a different heart and a different attitude towards those around us let us pray heavenly father god i just thank you for this day i just pray that as we we go into the rest of our sunday lord jesus that you will just walk with us god that you will just lead us that we will look at our lives and we will sl- see the things that are in our lives that maybe enslaved us, the things in our lives that we can change, that we can draw closer to you, God, and we can learn to be more gentle and to be a better peacemaker. And I just thank you and praise you for what you're doing in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen.